when I say that it's our fault, I say it jokingly. I mean, it is our responsibility to show up and parent the best way that we know how and to apologize and correct when we do fail, when we do make errors, when we do uh, fail our children. You're listening to the Experience Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Ajene Gaylord, and I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing and eradicate the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. On this episode, you get to hear Michelle's perspective on our conversation around generational parenting. And if you haven't had a chance, to listen to part one, go back, take a listen, and then come back and finish listening here. So I shared a lot. So Michelle, I want to know what you think about our generational parenting gaps. Yeah. So that's really interesting that you you brought that up because I was talking to a woman who actually, they have a family business and I don't know if she was specifically saying their family has her, their, their business has five generations um, represented. I think she said that she had somebody who was like 74 and then like a 22 year old. So they definitely have a span, whether that's actually five or not. But the reason I say five is because she told me about this book called Sticking Points, how to get five generations working together in the 12 places they come apart. Um and the foreword is by Stephen Covey, which, of course, is the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People author. And there are things that can be very frustrating as a parent. Um, and I think you hit on something, too, as far as us as parents blaming ourselves for, well, if we would have parented you differently, you would have turned out differently. Um, because... I can, I can see some of that. I can get on board with some of that. And then there's some of it that I'm like, Oh, I don't know. So I'm kind of on both sides. I um, give my children a lot of freedom since we're on the freedom podcast, experiencing freedom podcast, a lot of freedom. Um, A friend of mine has helped me to realize that freedom is something that I value a lot. Kind of, I look through a freedom lens Right. So when it comes to my relationship with Christ, when it comes to my parenting, uh, home educating, like freedom is the lens that I look through, um, not wanting to see people in bondage or held down or held back or whatever. Like I want to see freedom for people. But then at the same time, like that motivation piece of, you know, if you do too much for somebody, do they lose touch with motivation and, and just internal, external motivation. I must've been listening to some sort of educational podcast where they were kind of talking about that. When I hear them talk about all the external rewards and things like that, I have the tendency to be like, well, yeah, you can like dangle a carrot in front of somebody, but are they actually doing it? Um, I know what it was. It was the Stark Raving Dad podcast, which that's not what it's called, but that's his name. And um, he was talking about some studies that have been done at two different times, like very expansive studies. Um, like one of the studies was like 120 different studies that they were collecting the data from. And essentially, he was coming to say that because this doesn't jive with the school system, 
they kind of are not paying attention to this as far as internal and external motivation. And one example he gave was like um, children who were already noticed to be enjoying artwork were then there were three different groups of kids. And it was like one group was told you're going to get a prize for doing artwork. And then another group was just given a prize at the end of the doing artwork. And then there was the third group that, you know, nothing happened or whatever. And even weeks and weeks later, the children that had previously enjoyed artwork were like shying away from it because they no longer had that internal motivation, the internal joy of doing the artwork because someone had come in and kind of tampered with that. And so, you know, that's fresh in my mind as far as a a motivation thing. But I think, like I said, when you touched on it, like, I think that is definitely something to explore, right? Like, as society, or even on the micro level of our own family, like, how is motivation playing out in this family? And how do we want to like use it to our benefit and explore. Like, I feel like the solution in that case would be like conversations, right? Like, this is how we feel that we failed you. This is, this is our lens. This is the reason why we were parenting this way. Like, especially, you know, with your oldest now being officially an adult, being able to talk it out with her. So, because I think sometimes we parent our kids and and they don't know the why they don't know the story. They don't know, you know, that we are very intentional, right. With the way that we make decisions, at least you and I are, I know us, right. That these have been intentional choices throughout the years of, you know, wanting what's best for our children. And so we're going to go this way and not that way. And and all of that. Um, So sorry, that was a little long, but all these pieces, you know, as always are kind of coming together, like, oh, yeah, I just heard that. And yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about when I say that it's our fault, I say it jokingly. I mean, it is our responsibility to show up and parent the best way that we know how and to apologize and correct when we do fail, when we do make errors, when we do uh, fail our children, so to speak. But I think you're right in what you're sharing that a lot of it has to do with just the generational differences. It isn't necessarily the parents who didn't do X, Y, and Z. And that's why the, the kid turned out whatever way. That's not how this works. We already know that Adam and Eve in the garden had the perfect parent, <laughs> God, who was infallible and they still went their own way and made their own choices. So what our children end up doing is no reflection uh, exclusively on our parenting. But I do think that recognizing the differences and how, how we were raised and the generation and society that we were brought up in does impact how we have parented this coming up generation. And then that is going to show up in a certain way across the board. So even in our individual homes where, thank God, we have the freedom to choose education in the way that we feel is best for our family. We have the freedom to choose what we teach and share with our children. I think there's something to examining our past 
Because, you know, this is the Experience Freedom Podcast where I was going to bring it back to, go, you know, making sure that we heal from our past so that we can show up in the present and then impact the future. So thinking about who we are as parents impacting future generations, I think it's valuable to, like you said, go back and look and see and examine and be aware and not take on undue responsibility where it doesn't belong to us because they have to decide. And like you said, you give your children freedom they get they have the freedom to kind of sleep in a little bit because we don't have somewhere to be at a certain time. But I have children who when they have somewhere to be, they get up on time and they do what they need to do. It you know, and and what other time of your life are you going to have the freedom to kind of sleep in just a little bit? You're going to be an adult more of your life than you will be a child. So why not give them a little bit of that if we can? And they have the freedom to, I'm interested in this subject. So I really want to explore this, or I would like to play this instrument, or I would like to, I didn't have those choices. My sisters and I sang, that's something all of us could do. So then we all did that, right? I didn't have a choice to go to this sport and to try out this activity and to do this over here because of the, the generation and the times and the situation that I grew up in. Uh, I, I loved the, the sharing of, being intentional and also explaining to our children why we've chosen to do the things that we're doing. My husband and I, I think we do okay with that. Uh, I've shared with my children, my upbringing. So they're very familiar with the ways that I grew up. My husband grew up completely different than me. He had both his parents in the home. Uh, both his parents were employed. I think his father for sure, but his mother had different jobs here and there. She was a mortician. She was a science teacher. They had a bakery. They had their own businesses. They were entrepreneurs. So he grew up in like a middle class financial situation and he had his own car when he was, you know, 16, that type of stuff. He had designer clothes. They went on trips and that kind of thing. So he had a different type of upbringing, but he still had to, again, endure some adversity and figure this thing out when he became a husband and a father. So it took him a little bit longer than it took me, but eventually that responsibility of having to care for others, being in a relationship with others helped to shape, oh, I need to be responsible here. Oh, I need to provide. I need to work. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of these relationships. So it's interesting to kind of hear different pieces of how all of these things come together, especially as parents. And and, and I think as mothers in particular. So a lot of a lot of my research work is around infant mental health, meaning the caregiving relationship between the baby and the parent or foster parent or adoptive parent or, you know, whatever, whoever the caregiving person is and the developing child. That's a lot of what my research is around. And the more I learn, the more I realize that the relationship that the the child, the infant and the environment in which they grow in does more to shape them than any other influences that, that attachment from the baby to the caregiver, if it's secure, they can endure environmental issues and violence in neighborhoods and poverty, like all these other quote unquote risk factors that are discussed often can be, um, can the relation caregiver relationship can buffer against some of these adversities. So I just, it just makes me think about, like you said, when we're intentional and then we express to our children why we've made these decisions, I think it helps, but then they still have to do what they're going to do with it. At the end of the day, 
they have to make their own choices. They have to live their own lives separate from us. And at this stage in my parenting, this is very challenging for me because this is the big let go. I always joke with my husband and tell him all the time that parenting is the never ending cycle of holding on and letting go because you are constantly allowing them room to grow, allowing them freedom to explore, but then you're also there to support and to help and to encourage and to heal in a lot of cases when difficulties arise, when challenges happen, when you know, these things go on. So in my field, we have this concept called the circle of security. And it's basically the idea that you have a secure base, which is that caregiving relationship that the child knows that they're secure, they're okay. And then you have the opportunity for them to explore. But if there's some type of distress, say they're on the playground and they fall down, that they you they have a, a safe haven to return to, that you're going to be there um, for them to be able to return and, and be regulated to understand you're okay, I'm here and help them to overcome that difficulty. We talk about that when that comes to infants and early childhood. I'm thinking about that with teenagers and emerging young adults that I still have to be a circle of security. And the beauty of that circle is that you you have hands on the circle, one to be there as a stabling force to let out and to allow them to go off to explore and have freedom. But then the other hand to welcome them back when they do come across difficulties or they're just trying to be reassured and, and doing that for a teenager, for an 18 year old, a 20 year old, a 25 year old seems a little bit trickier than when you're in a safe playground space, so to speak with a toddler. So this you know, discussion is like encouraging me to keep my hands on the circle, to be a safe haven for my children, teens and young adults, and then to also allow that freedom for them to figure some things out, to have some encounters of their own, to stumble where they need to stumble, and that they know that there's a safe place for them to return to if needed. And that balance isn't always easy to navigate as a parent, especially when for me and my experience, I feel like that circle of security was short lived for me. The, the going out and exploring kind of happened, but I don't remember the returning back. I don't remember that, that coming back all the way around the circle and getting back to that safe haven where I'm like, yes, everything's okay. It's all going to be good there was a lot of adversity and difficulty. And so I learned this almost automatic reaction or response to adversity to just bear it up, do what I got to do, pull, you know, get it together, figure it out, just press through, just get it done. And I bring all that grit into my parenting and it doesn't always serve me. So I told my husband in this discussion we had that, Instead of me thinking my reaction to what I'm experiencing in my household is for me to suddenly set the schedule for everybody, wake everybody up and say, we're going to have our devotion time in the living room at 10 a.m. You need to have breakfast done, like running the house, like on a clock with my with my alarm set on my phone. I did that when they were babies. I did that when we, they were really, really little when we had meal times because I was in charge of all of that. They didn't cook. They were babies. They didn't clean. They didn't do laundry. I did all of those things. And so I ran my house very in a very regimented way. Well, now they partake in a lot of the caring of our home. And I shouldn't have to micromanage that when you're 18, 16, you know, 14 and 13. I don't have to stand over you and, and remind you to wipe off the counter where you're done making your sandwich. Like what? So 
this is all kind of bringing about this idea of the concepts that I learned when it comes to early parenting often don't change they just shift in how we show up for them. So even the concept of the circle of security often apply only to early childhood between the ages of zero and six. I don't think that changes too, too much once you get past that stage. I think there's still an important um, reminder for me anyway, that at these ages, my children still need a safe haven and a secure base. They still need to know that our home is a safe haven, that there's a secure base that they can launch from and be safe and be okay. And if they stumble, it's okay. They can recover. And the stumbling and the failing is a part of living. And that's the freedom that we can allow them to have is that even in fear, they can be free to choose to do it anyway. So I hope that that encourages you as it has encouraged me. I'm speaking to myself. I, I, I just love that you guys get to hear me talk to myself. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. It's just me talking to myself about myself and hoping that you get encouraged along the way. <laughs> wow, that was a great discussion. And I hope you were able to glean a lot and find freedom in your parenting. Uh, the life work is going to be for you to... Determine your generation, figure out which generation you fit in, and just take some time to examine how your parents impacted you as you were being raised and how that is impacting you if you are a parent raising the next generation. If you are not a parent, I want you to think about the people in your life that you mentor, um, disciple, counsel, those people. All of us have some. I hope we do. Those who are in our lives that we can pour into, that we can share, that we can uh, share our experiences with. So think about those people in your life and what generation they belong to and what may have impacted them. And we'll see you on the next one. That's it for this episode. If you have been enjoying listening, please consider sharing and subscribing to the podcast. And until next time, remember, you have been set free to live free. So choose freedom.